What in the world's going on? You know how when you come home every day and ask me what I did today? Yeah. Well, today I didn't do it. You know, I was wondering, you know how normally when Donnie gets up on the stage, it says Donnie Williams, Life Point Pastor. I thought maybe they'd have something up there that said Susan Hofer, Mom. Oh, it does. It does. That's my title today. You know what? It is truly an honor and a privilege to be up here. When I look around this room, I see women whose um, lives... I just truly admire, whether I've been in Bible studies with you or small group with you, women's retreats. There are so many women in this room who I know could be up here and share from their hearts, and we could all glean something amazing. So um, I feel real privileged that I'm here to talk to you this morning. Um, It's been kind of fun to prepare for this. A little nerve-wracking, too. I will not lie. But it's been fun. I've been Googling like crazy, asked my husband. Uh, a little distracted lately at home, and I've been Googling and looking at all my books that I have on the shelves about parenting and motherhood, searching for some fun little quips and quotes to start out our morning together. So I found a few, and I want to start out, um, I found this thing called, You Know You're a Mother When. Now, it had like 50 things, and thankfully I narrowed it down to four, but I want to start out with those. Um, You Know You're a Mother When. The first one is, You Hide in the Bathroom to Be Alone. Have you ever done that? I have. You count to ten in there, and then you go, okay, I can do this, and you go back out. Uh, You know you're a mother when, the second one, you use your own saliva to clean your child's face. (laughs) I swore I would never do this, and I did it this week. So I am living testimony to that one. The third one is, you know you're a mother when you find yourself cutting your husband's sandwiches into unusual shapes. Like fourths. You know, you just get in the mode and you're going down the plates and you hand him this little triangle-shaped sandwich. And the last one I truly love, it is, you know you're a mother when you stop criticizing the way your mother raised you. Amen to that one. But my absolute favorite, it even got my husband laughing, was a little story I found about a little girl sitting next to her daddy. And they were looking at the wedding album together. And she pointed to one of the pictures of the wedding day, and she said, Daddy, is that the day that you got Mom to come and work for us? (laughs) Isn't that a great one? That's my favorite. My husband kind (laughs) of laughed at that one. Well, listen, I'm in celebration mode today. This is a real happy day at my house. But I know that for some of you in this room, this might not be such a happy day. This day may be a reminder of motherhood unfulfilled for you, some of you who are struggling to have a child. It may be that you've lost your mom, and today is just a reminder of that hurt in your life. It may be that your relationship with your mom is just not all that great, and today is a reminder of that. So I just, I don't want to gloss over that. I know that there can be pain on this day too. Well, How often does a mother get a captive audience for 20 minutes? This is like a fantasy. (laughs) You know, we don't get 20 seconds on a normal day. So 20 minutes is a very big deal. And when I was asked to do this and said yes in a moment of complete and utter insanity, I began to think, what would I speak on? 
And um, I thought of all the moms in the Bible that I could, I could talk about. Maybe I could talk about Moses' mom, who truly is an example of trust and faith in God. Or how about Samuel's mom, Hannah, who literally gave her son over to service for God. Or even Timothy's mom, who instilled great faith in him. These would have all been normal, awesome topics. I chose none of them. I felt like in the quiet times I was having and the, the scripture I was reading, that God was speaking to me to go a different way. Now, I don't mean there was a burning bush in my kitchen, and he spoke audibly to me, but I felt in my gut and in my spirit that he wanted me to speak on the perfect Mother's Day gift. And unfortunately, men, it, it's not something you put in a box. It's a lot more um, complicated and yet simple at the same time. So if we went around the room today, we would get lots of ideas on the perfect Mother's Day gift. Perhaps a pedicure or manicure or a day at the spa or sweet little flowers that your boys have made for you out of paper. Those are all great things. Breakfast in bed, wonderful ideas. But I want us to go a little deeper into what every mom is looking for. And I'm going to start off with a little story. That is that last year, my daughter Jessica was on the playground at school. She was in fourth grade, and I would like to start a petition, first of all, to rename the playground the battlefield. Because when I was a teacher many years ago, I dreaded two times, and that was when the kids got off the bus and when the kids got off the playground, because inevitably there would be some kind of issue. Well, she was out on the playground, and something took place where several of her classmates, the majority of her class, were kind of teaming up against a troubled boy. And at some point during this event, she went and stood by this boy when nobody else would. And a lot of people on the other side were, were really dear friends of hers. But she chose to defend him. Now, she didn't come home and tell me about that event. It was days later when one of my friends came to me and said, Hey, I heard what Jessica did on the playground. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. So she proceeded to tell me what my daughter had done. So later that night... I pulled Jessica aside, and I remember us crying together and praying for this boy together. And I remember that feeling of pride. You've had it. You've had it when you've done the right thing, and you've had it when you've watched your child do the right thing. And I, I use that illustration. I hesitate a little bit because I don't want you to think, you know, it's all hunky-dory at our house all the time. And we're like this perfect Brady Bunch family. And I don't have Alice, and it is not perfect, so... Um, but I use it because really what moms care about more than anything for their children, and if you're a married mom, what you care about for your spouse more than anything is a life lived from the heart. I've heard it said, I love this, that it, our hearts tell our feet where to go. And my cry for my children and for the people I love in my life is that they live from a heart filled with Christ. Let's dive into God's word and see what he has to say about this. The first passage I want us to look at is in Psalm, and it's 139. And if you are, have been a churchgoer for years, this will not be new to you. It is verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, 
When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, if your life is a lot like the Hofer household, and I suspect it is, then this past week was crazy for you. I find myself every week going, boy, this week was crazy. And week after week, I'm saying the same thing. Between a sick pet this week and a husband who had major employee issues at work and music programs and baseball games, life is full, isn't it? And we don't often take the time to remember that God in heaven purposed us. That's how I like to say it. God purposed you. He planned you and your life. And he wants your life to unfold with all kinds of amazing things. We don't often dwell on that, do we? Frankly, we just don't take the time. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God formed you, made you, purposed you, has a plan for you that isn't scary with hope and a future that you can't imagine. That's your mom's dream for you is that you will find that. That's God's dream for all of us, is that we will find that, and that we'll remember that it starts here first. An interview on a news show several years ago revealed this. There was a young business executive, and he began by saying this. I have been lied to. I was told to go to college, get a good education, enter the corporate world, get a good job, buy a house in the suburbs, have a couple of children, buy some new cars, and you will be happy. Well, I've done all that. And I'm still not happy. I have been lied to. None of these things has made me really happy. My mom has owned a red leather-bound New American Standard Bible for as long as I can remember. And the thing is falling apart. The binding is falling off. Some of the pages are so thin that they're going to tear at any time. And inside, she has taken all kinds of notes from decades of Bible studies and sermons and devotions and quiet times. And if you leaf through her Bible, you will find by Isaiah 41, verse 10, these words. Well, I don't know the exact words, but the gist is this. That she feels like years ago, in a quiet time with God, God told her that all of her children would walk with God before she died. Now, at that time, none of us were walking with God. It was a serious pipe dream. But she has prayed that prayer every day for at least 40, maybe even 50 years. Well, I was the first one to receive Christ 20 years ago. My older brother, Christopher, received Christ two years ago at the age of 42. Along the way, I got Patrick Murphy as a stepbrother, and he accepted Christ at least a decade ago. There's only one left. That's my brother, Ron, and now he's got all of us praying for him, so... It will happen. I point that out because while my mother enjoys seeing all of us do well and be successful, and while that American dream is awesome and there is nothing wrong with going for the American dream, my mom's prayer in her heart is not for the stuff of life, but it's for the heart first. And I may be taking a lot of liberty here in speaking for the moms in this room, but I think it's true that in our quiet moments, what we want for our children, what we want for our spouses if we're married, is to watch their lives unfold with meaning and purpose and joy. It doesn't matter what they do. It matters who they are first. That is our prayer for all of you.
Here's the thing, though. The thing is, you can't find that life of meaning and purpose and joy unless you have that personal relationship with Christ first. That has to come first. You could achieve a lot, but if you don't have the relationship with Christ first, it loses all perspective. Proverbs 8.35 says, For whoever finds me finds life. It doesn't get any more simpler than that, does it? For whoever finds me finds life. And you know, frankly, I think Christians mess this up all the time, too. It's like this elusive happiness thing is out there. We've got to achieve. And there's nothing wrong with all of that. I mean, I'm being a little bit technical because I know that it's great to strive and go for stuff and God gives us goals. But I think sometimes our focus is so big on that that we forget about this and that this is where it starts. I mean, how hard is it in our America 2006 to spend time with this? This is my exhortation to myself. It's my exhortation to all of us in this room. This is getting so crowded out, isn't it, in the busyness of life, that this doesn't have much allure in America 2006. So it's my cry from my heart for me, for my husband, for my kids, for all of us to spend time with this. This is life. These are the words of life. And we have to be in this to get connected with Christ. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Listen to this part. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. I mean, maybe you're like I was. I didn't want to give my life to Christ because, frankly, I thought it was going to be the most dull and boring life. I had no idea of the adventure and the joy and, frankly, the fun that would come when I gave my heart to Christ. I was so sure that I would lose all of those things. Look around this room. Does God look boring to you? He purposed everybody in this room. He loved and planned everybody in this room. This room is incredibly diverse. It's one of the things I love about LifePoint is Christianity doesn't have to look a certain way, that he can use every single person in this room. He wants to use everybody here. Many of you probably don't know. Well, I think I mentioned that Pat Murphy, the wild drummer up here, he came into my life about 25, 30 years ago. I'm sounding really old. He's a wild man. He's always been a wild man. Now he's a wild man for Christ, so that's good. Someday you have got to hear Patrick's testimony because it is unbelievable what God has brought him through. And when Pat came to Christ, God didn't say to him, Patrick, I know you've always loved that rock music, and and I know you're a drummer, and I know you like to wear an earring. You're going to have to give all that up for me because I'm not not about any of that stuff. No. No. See, God takes the natural gifts and the talents that he has given us and that he planned in us, and he will use them for him. He doesn't take you, the motorcycle guy, and necessarily say, give that up and become a three-piece suit for me. 
But I think sometimes if we're honest, we believe that lie, don't we? He needs everybody in this room to live a passionate life with the desires, and obviously if they're in line with him, I'm not talking about sinful stuff, but the natural gifts and talents he infused in you, when he planned you and created you, he needs you to share with this world. And in that way, he then brings people to you. You know, I always had this idea when you're a Christian that, you know, you, you go next door, you, you knock on the door, and you hand them a track. Now, I'm not going against, you know, that kind of evangelism. It's not necessarily how it works all the time. You know, if you're living your life with Christ, if you are in that word, if you are getting to know him, you have this unspeakable joy. You have something really different than the world around you, and they see that, and he just brings people your way. It becomes such a natural outpouring of who you are if you get this right first. There's a world out there, and and I think it's confused. And frankly, I think a lot of us in the church are confused too. It's like, I am too afraid to give my life to God. I cannot do that because it's too scary. But you know what? If we read this more, if we meditated on this more, we would know it's really not all that scary. It's exciting. Now, I am not delusional here. I'm not saying that a life with Christ is total fun times and you become this kind of Christian automaton and hunky-dory. I'm not going there. But what happens when you give your life to Christ is the meaning and the purpose and the joy, they remain constant in the midst of completely uncertain circumstances. And what I want as a mom for my kids, what I want for my husband, is I want to watch those lives unfold with meaning and purpose and joy. Moms live from the heart. It's what we do. My mom says that when you have a baby, a part of your heart lives outside your body the rest of your life. And I think that is so true. We need Christians who live lives full of passion, don't we? You know, I heard recently that Stephen Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's brother, has become radically saved. And he has started this skateboarding ministry. Could I, suburban 40-year-old mom, minister to any of those people? No. I mean, maybe, but probably not. He needs you. He wants to use you with the natural gifts and talents he has given you to change this world for Christ. That is what I want for my kids. Whether you're a violinist, whether you're a cellist, whether you're a caterer who makes an extra meal for the lonely man down the street, whether you're a stay-at-home mom who thinks there's nothing I can do for God, but you babysit for the single mom down the street. God uses you right where you are if you will let him. That's his plan for you. I had an experience recently where my husband and I went on a cruise with some friends of ours from Wisconsin. And if you met this guy, Steve, he's just a nutcase. I know you know someone like him. He's like an 8-year-old boy in a 40-year-old body. I mean, his favorite drink is Yoo-Hoo. And, and he loves those Mike and Ikes. I mean, he eats all that weird candy. And the guy loves, I mean, he just loves God. He is so out there about God. Well, we went on this cruise with them. And it became really apparent that we were having the most fun on that cruise. We would be at dinner, and we were like the obnoxious table. We were completely cracking up all the time. There were times we were staggering down the hall 
on the cruise doubled over trying not to wet our pants because we were laughing so hard. We are convinced everybody on that cruise figured we were drunk the entire time. And we were stone cold sober. That's the kind of life I want for you. That's the kind of life I want for me. Not a life out of touch with reality. Not a life that doesn't have disappointments and hard times. I could give you my list. I could air you my dirty laundry. It is not always easy. I get disappointed. I get sad. Things happen that I don't understand. But I have meaning and I have purpose and I have joy in my life. Unspeakable because of my relationship with Christ. I want that for you. I want it for my kids. I want it for my husband. This is this mother's heart. I spent the first 20 years of my life toying with God, you know. I thought he was this mean dictator in the sky. And what I have discovered is that he has given me more than I could ever have asked for. Today, if, if you've never, ever really surrendered to him, don't waste another day. That's my prayer for you. If you have never truly asked Christ into your heart and said, transform me, I'm a mess, I'm a sinner, I want you to change me, I want you to show me my, your plan for my life. If you've never done that, make Mother's Day 2006 the day you do that. You will never regret it. If you're a Christian who's been going to church and doing this Christian thing and, and you're kind of blue right now, rededicate yourself to him today. Let's change this world. Let's change our families. Let's live the life of meaning and purpose and joy that God wants for you and he wants for me.